Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Spawn of Azathoth. It was written by Doc Herber, and our game master is John Hook. This is episode 13. Our recap will be given by David Gassaway as his characters, Myron Dexter's Ghost and Dr. Philip Baxter. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David? Thank you, Tom. It is not meet that a mortal should look upon the face of a god, even so vile a god as this one. It was thus that my comrades were compelled to trust Cordova and me to one another so that we could not do harm to ourselves or others. We were unconscious when Cuthbert had a vision of Philip Baxter in great dismay, and he descended the well inside the keep to find a vile dungeon in which the shade of Baxter was being tortured by two inhuman fiends. Turning back for help against these monsters, Cuthbert was set upon by Barnabas, finally revealed as the undead parasite we long expected. Cuthbert killed the thing in heated battle, but not before it pierced his ankle with its talons. Salad enjoyed him and soon long, and Baxter's tormentors were dispatched. The mute and broken form, his skull open and brains partially consumed, was returned to our mad caravan. We longed to wake to be free of this place. But the god still had told Long that Baxter could be restored if merged with some sacrifice. I was insistent and carried the debate. There was no way out without Baxter's help. And so we returned to the stone arch, Long and I, and what was left of Baxter. The words were spoken, and I collapsed. Afterwards, Baxter's shade was nowhere to be seen. Long dragged Dexter's body back to the caravan. In the morning, I woke Philip Baxter, restored to this unfamiliar body, <sighs> shocked to realize that Myra and Dexter is no more. We lost an elephant in escaping clad. At Ulthar, Cranon's surgeons restored Cuthbert's life, but at the cost of his leg. At last we returned to the enchanted forest and then made our way back to waking life. It was early on a Sunday morning when we woke in unfamiliar surroundings. And so gentlemen, I'd like to raise a toast to a brave and true friend, the late Myron Key Dexter. 
Very good. Well said. So you have awoken. The five of you have awoken in Myron Dexter's uh, lounge. As you've kind of put yourselves together, uh, Cornelius, your leg is whole, but it has no sensation, no feeling. You can't move. Was it the uh, was it the left leg? Uh, yeah, it's always you can't move the left foot you have no sensation you can't move your ankle you can't move your toes uh so for all intents and purposes from the knee down that leg is dead but if any doctor was to examine it it seems fine there's no medical reason why you shouldn't be able to move that ankle and move those toes but you can't you feel no sensations they'll, they'll poke you with a pin and you don't react so, so very good prosthetic, basically. Cool. Cornelius, here, take my uh, cane to help oh. yourself walk. Thank you. Um, did we already modify your uh, dexterity? Yeah, my dexterity and my move have both gone down. Okay. Fantastic. But I look dashing with this cane, though, now. Thank you. Dashing. Thank you, Dr. Remember, it makes a very good means to stop somebody on a motorcycle. That's right. <laughs> now, what about him? And I point over at Professor Philip Baxter. Well, um, Immediately for me, uh, since I have this new assumed identity, uh, I need to spend some time familiarizing myself with this home, figuring out what I can about Dexter's affairs. He was unmarried, was he not? Uh, I believe that's correct. Also, uh, he had a great deal of money. That's evident from the house. My God, you sound just <clears throat> like, just like him. Hmm. Same vocal be, apparatus. Be very interesting to see, though. However, and I hand you a pen and a piece of paper. How you would sign your name? If it looks anything like uh, Myron's handwriting. I don't even know if Dexter was right or left-handed. Hmm. What for you? Southpaw. Hmm. He seems like a well, Dexter sort. Well, no, it appears uh, that muscle memory will suffice and signature won't be a problem. I don't really have to think about it. You're inheriting everything that he owns. Mm. But you've also got a job then. <laughs> One that you're probably not going to be suitable for. Well, uh, unless I'm very much mistaken, he was doing that from duty, not necessity. We'll see. I'll have to figure out who his, do you know the name of his assistants? Well, anyway, I'll be spending a lot, a lot of time in his study trying to figure out just exactly what I've got. It's interesting. And I wonder whether it still did this to some extent. 
whether it chose him, and that's why I put him in charge of my inheritance without knowing it, having been in the dreamlands. It's curious that his name was Dexter and mine is Baxter. Uh, I think I'm gonna change Myron's middle name to Philip so that I won't be confused all the time. Philip Baxter and Philip Dexter are pretty similar. What can you tell us? What do you remember? Well, um, as you describe finding my dream shadow with its brains consumed, and as I remember Silas and his assault, I do not remember very coherent things from my own life and nothing of Myron's. It's going to be a challenge, but I have pursuits in the future. Separate? Oh, you, you had come to, to Myron in a dream a bit ago and in agony and, and he was the one that first led us to uh, be greatly concerned. That's why I wonder if it still allowed that visitation while I was dying, why it chose him as the key. You see his name, middle name was Key. It seems like a joke that a vile god would play. Baxter, do you remember your life before all of this? Your professorship, your education, your growing up? I remember papers that I wrote, uh, childhood things, but those memories are untrustworthy for all of us. I remember grieving my wife. I remember my children's faces and things about them. Um, you see, Dr. Long, there's a lesson to be learned here. What, what lesson is there, Dr. Saladin? I caused the death of my friend in a... This body that we are seeing here is the body of Myron. That brain in that body is Myron's brain, and yet it remembers Philip's life. The yeah, mind... No. The mind is separate from the body. Yeah, that's... You were a witness to it. I was, Dr. and it was horrible. Saladin. And I cursed that it happened. But I did try to warn you that it said sacrifice. Well, we can't really change what has been done. I uh, can assure you that Myron's sacrifice knowing or otherwise is something that weighs up upon me. Uh, I hope that you can view me with that resentment at his passing. He sacrificed himself to save me. That sacrifice is meaningless if I am to be despised. Well, I guess it's easier to say when you didn't hear the screams At that lake, that damn lake. We had no way of knowing. The, the, the word merge was in there as well. Yeah. The story's not over yet, though. Maybe if Philip can be restored into another body, perhaps 
Myron can too by that same entity. If we bring it another sacrifice. <laughs> you can go back there yourself. Yeah. I don't really care to, but I it is what we're we're stuck in this situation. It's not to be callous. It's it's a horrible situation, but we we need to inform Dr. Baxter of everything that we suspect and things that are going on concerning Nemesis. And we need to get ourselves out to that Montana observatory. That was one I've of already us. been making arrangements with Cornelius uh, to go out there uh, using my position as Miskatonic as an excuse. Well, then so perhaps we all need to retire to our homes and get ready and prepared for for that. Do you know when we'll leave? Tomorrow? The next day? I believe the, the tickets are for tomorrow, aren't they? They are. Well, despite the fact of have, having been dreaming, I'm quite fatigued. Hmm. Well, let's not take any of that serum that sent us to hell. Hmm. No, we'll keep the remaining ampules, I suppose, in case of an emergency. Um, rest assured also that uh, Dexter's assets, whatever I ascertain them to be, will be um, available for these important researches. Saladin, uh, do you have, now that you're awake, any greater sense of what can be done about this nemesis? Let me think for a moment. The, the deity gave me the gift of knowledge of how to stop the thing, but said that it would come to me when the time was right. I find nothing in my brain at the moment. And it seems like a cop-out, if you ask me. <laughs> Nemesis makes reference to a comet, does it not? Trying to stop a comet. Seems oh, yes. Like I'm entirely sure what it was. I wonder, I Dr. Long, if, if there's something in the sky at the same position. That's what... And at the sea, have to check. Does Miskatonic have an observatory? Small one? No. Or closer. No, it does not. It's, it. it's a little too close to civilization. And there's nothing in Providence that's useful? Nothing at Brown? Probably too bright. The, the, the light pollution from the cities, it, it's harder to see the stars. This facility in Montana is remote, and according to their own records, they, they've already discovered some new object. They could yeah. already be tracking it. It might have some of the, the latest technology in it, too. Well, I suggest then we retire for the evening and uh, get prepared. On a train ride? So how long are we going to be retire there? for the e evening. It's the day. It's the morning. We have a whole day to ourselves. We can pack get ready for the trip. Um, well, then um, I can't think of anything that I would like to do other than go home and get, pre get prepared. So... I'll do that, but if there's something that you can suggest. Uh, any information about the research that you've done on this uh, Montana matter, uh, I'd welcome a direction to, but I'm also going to be occupied with thinking out 
how to live this false life that I've inherited, for lack of a better word. What about our Mr. Brain-Eating Man? Silas. Silas. Is he, he's, where is he? He's in the madhouse. Yep, in the asylum. Yeah, but up north in the asylum. Well, then just leave him there. Zeb, do you need, uh, need a ride to, uh, to your place? Actually, it's not that far from here. Cor Cornelius, uh, I, I am, I'm worried. I, how am I meant to look at my wife and children properly? Been a seeing, I, I don't know. I, I fear I am losing my mind, Cornelius. I think after our trip to Montana, we might need to get you a little time off. Are you sure that you should be driving, Cornelius? Oh, is your is the leg that you're accustomed to using your that foot? Is that the one that's lost all feeling. Oh, it's it's my left foot, not my right. right foot. I, I, I may Every, need someone to drive me home. I, I do not feel I can drive. I, I don't believe there are automatic transmissions. I think everything is a standard. So everything is a, everything has a clutch. So everything is a two foot driving machine. Yeah, that might take me a while to get used to. Until I do, if someone else could drive. Uh, well, well I, I can have a go at it. I I can talk you through it, you know, like, but I just don't think I'm capable of driving at this moment in time. Tell you what, let me call my uh, my brother, and uh, I he'll pick us up, Theo. I can drive and just take it easy, not go too fast. I mean, I'm, I'm very familiar with my car. Just go slow. There's, uh, there's also Zeno, book me in for a few extra appointments with you. With you. I, I think the question, though, is, is, is can Zebedee. you use a clutch uh, and the gas pedal if you don't have the use of both legs? I don't know how a clutch even works. I've never. You push down on the clutch when you change gears. Yeah, yeah, that's how you, that's how you shift. But don't you also have to have like your other foot on the brake? I can't remember. Yeah, well, it's it's there. It would be like a prosthetic. I just need to get used to it though. So probably right away, I'll I'll probably need a couple weeks getting used to this. You can push the clutch button with your cane. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let someone else drive. I'll, I won't try this until I have a couple weeks of getting used to this. I'll I try. can look through this desk for petty cash, too. We could probably get you all cabs. Mm, I, can yes. just, I can just have Theo pick us up. Well, I've, I've moved my stuff here. I was staying in a hotel. Yeah. But all, all my things are here. And if you don't mind a little bit of company... Philip. You can help me find my way around. So I call Theo and tell him to come and pick us up. 
Oh, thanks. Thanks, you know. Thank you. And, and Zebedee, you should probably seriously consider, you know, talking to anybody else about no, your no, problem. No, no. Zeno has helped me with a lot of things. He will, he will, he will help me. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. All right. Uh, Doctor Long, have you made any? Uh, what? preparations have you made for this uh, journey to I, montana uh, have you sent any communications yes, ahead we, of time we, we called i we called them okay. before i called the observatory told them that i was uh, dr long you know astronomer with uh, with miskatonic and i had scheduled they know that i'm expected and that i'm bringing guests okay. tuesday night academy members yes okay mm -hmm. all right so they are going to be expecting you around certain time you know date period you know nothing's set in stone i thought it, it might have been i don't know if i wrote it down but the just we accounted for leaving on monday and then the travel time is going to be a little over two days worth so uh, thursday i think was when we uh, to go wednesday wednesday in the a.m Early morning Wednesday is when the train should be pulling into Helena. Okay. But it was it in Helena or it's up in the mountains? It's in the mountains, uh, but Helena is uh, as close as you'll get by train. Okay, so we arrive in Helena on Wednesday, and then we get transportation there to whatever little town is closest to the observatory. Garrison. Spend the night and then show up on Thursday. Seems like the plan. Yep, Garrison, Montana, is the uh, is the Garrison. is the little town. So I suppose today I will make arrangements with whatever hotel I can find in Garrison. Okay. To arrange us rooms ahead of time. All right, so you place a call, and um, uh, you know you have uh, you have operator assistance to uh, to route the calls, and so you end up going through several switchboards across the country, and you get connected to the Garrison Post Office. Um, you are connected with a, uh, a Mr. Buffington and, uh, and he informs you that uh, he chuckles, he chuckles that you at your inquiry about, uh, about a hotel. And he says, uh, well, sir, we, we don't really have a, a hotel per se. Um, there's, there's a couple of, uh, uh, ranches that uh, will uh, let out rooms and let folks stay, but um, uh, you know, well, most of most of those are all full up uh, right now at this time of year. There's a lot of a lot of ranch hands that are you know the the seasonal help is uh, is in. You you may be better just. Uh, Moving on to, to your destination, you, you say you're here to uh, 
visit those uh, those folks up at the observatory. Yes, that's correct. Yes, well, I I would uh, hazard to say that it's probably going to be more convenient for you to bunk in with them if I'm not being too presumptuous. All right, well, I thank you for the information. All right, well, I hope that whoever those people are at those observatory, that they're uh, on the up and up. So you guys are aware, uh, Dr. Long, you're aware from your communications, uh, previous communications, with the observatory that uh, there are three individuals um, currently manning staffed at the observatory. Uh, the, the project lead is a, a gentleman, a Tuesday Night Academy member, uh, Dmitry Pazlov. And uh, uh, Philip uh, you have a you have a little bit of a memory of uh, of Dimitri, um, just vaguely enough that he was uh, passionate about uh, this uh, observatory project. Um, he was always trying to uh, raise funds, raise capital for this, trying to get investors for this um but this was a project that he was uh, very passionate about and um uh, you don't recall exactly but you seem to think that maybe he was uh, escaping the uh, october revolution in uh, in russia but he's uh he's come to america to make his home uh, you, you remember uh befriending him kind of bring him into the uh into the Tuesday night Academy. And uh, once he got into the Academy, he really started to find a new purpose for himself. And that's when this project for the Garrison Observatory uh, took root. Um, it's really his pet project, isn't it? It's really his pet project. Uh, he is, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, it's, it's financed. Um, there's, there's some sort of, uh, uh, unknown partner that has been like a silent partner who's been financing it about 50% of it. And then the other 50% has been financed through the Tuesday night Academy. So there's almost like a, you know, co-ownership like that. Um, Didn't he and, bring in another Russian expat about whom there was some. Yes. So Dimitri, you remember Dimitri again, these are, these are sketchy memories but what you can recall is that dimitri uh was a a more seasoned mature individual um you you if you think you remember him being in like his early 60s and that his uh his family you know he probably came from a uh from a well-to-do family in russia and that uh and that there were some folks that uh, worked with his family there and one of those individuals also escaped Russia and that's uh, Vasily Vasily uh, Kalyatka so he's his, his partner who has also 
become a junior member of the Tuesday Night Academy. And so the two of them uh, really uh, drove this project throughout the construction. You know, they were, they were part of the group that negotiated the purchasing of the land um, out there in Garrison, out in Montana. Um, you know, they just kind of lucked out that there was someone who was selling off some land and they, they you know, jumped on it and bought some of that land. And, uh, and then after it was built, uh, of course, Dimitri and uh, 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 Vasile are uh, more, uh, you know, the, the, their expertise lies more in the uh, observatory science or the sciences of the observatory itself, you know, the, the lens and everything. But the uh, mechanics of the building still needed to be looked after. And so, uh, Dr. Long, you're aware that um and, and other tuesday night academy members if they've looked at any of the books are aware that the academy has uh hired an engineer to be an on-site mechanic and and uh engineer to to take care of all of the uh, everything that goes into keeping that observatory uh, in an operational order short of the uh, lenses and the telescope itself you know that's what uh dimitri and, and Vasily. that's who i yeah. spoke to the engineer yeah uh yeah so that engineer is uh, uh edith thomas and uh so yeah that is who we'll be meeting with when we arrive uh Yes, if you want to uh, establish that, you you may. Um, I don't know if that's been uh, ironclad yet, but uh, as far as the train is concerned, you'll be arriving in in Helena in the early morning hours of Wednesday, May eleventh. When, when I say arrive, I mean when we arrive at the observatory, right? Not from the train. That's quite a distance for them to travel. Just when we're going to travel up there anyway. Exactly. So it's 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 anybody's guess on when you get from Helena train station to Garrison or Observatory proper. We can rent a touring car there or something. All right. So, do you guys make any other um, uh, preparations uh, in before leaving? Providence. Oh, I'm just going to pack up uh, a few days worth of clothes and such, figuring no more than a no more than four or five days. Good. Oh, my fortune telling cards, my tarot cards. Telling the housekeeper to shut down the house until my return. Probably be firing her via correspondence since she will know too much about Myron's daily habits uh, and calling my office at the bank to inform them that I'm taking a sudden leave of absence to travel, which will help with my resignation. Uh, yes, and uh, given that I find uh, Myron's body with its war injuries uncomfortably weakened compared to what I last was. I think uh, 
if he doesn't have a, something like a 38 revolver in his home, I'll be purchasing something to travel with. I feel a little frail. That is, Which is better than dead. Yes, that's completely doable. You can you can do that and add that to your character sheet. Zebedee, any uh, any particular uh, preparations? Uh, he he'll do the same as Cornelius. Really, he'll pack some stuff for a few nights, and and then he will have a a conversation where he's not looking at his children. He'll be telling them that he's going away for a little while. And same with his wife. But he's not going to look at them. He's And he's again going to try to find some glasses to cover. Oh, yes. Yes, you need your you need your glasses. Which I don't have yet. I am getting some, but I don't have <laughs> them yet. Uh, good, good. So, um, so we'll say that... Um, uh, that Zebedee is able to procure some very dark um, glasses. Um, and they make him look like a blind person. Yeah. And in fact, um, uh, these glasses have blinders on the sides. So shades on the sides as well. Okay. Um, okay. So what is your current spot hidden? Uh, my current is 45. 45. Yeah. Um, so let me make sure I do my math right here. Um, so let's, um, let's drop your spot hidden down to 40. Okay. And then cascade the uh, half and fifth down as well, if you would. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm going to bring my spare cane. Your spare cane? <laughs> You'll have two canes? Oh, sure. Dual wielding canes. Dual wielding canes. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, anybody else with any uh, special preparations? Um. After I make those those calls, I'm just gonna kind of shadow Philip throughout the house, probably drinking copious amounts. Around Myron's stash, trying to uh, come to terms with what I've done. It was a hard thing. It's uh, and uh, you have uh, survivors' uh, remorse for sure from this. All right. Uh, so with preparation. And for $35 a piece, um, and that includes um, the, uh, the sleeper cars um, and uh, 
and the uh, there's like a meal plan and everything so you know everything's uh, included on that so uh, it'll be almost two days uh, of travel a little over or not quite not quite because you're leaving a little later than what you're going to be arriving in on uh, on Wednesday uh, and the trip is uh, uneventful you know you change trains in Chicago and you know just keep on heading west and uh and come um uh 7 a.m on wednesday may 11th the train pulls into helena montana oh smell that fresh air it's disgusting (laughs) lovely beautiful beautiful country here not enough bricks and walls. Oh, we're in Montana now. Well, I suppose. You know, for someone who pictures themselves as such a spiritual savant, I thought that getting away from the city would please you. Oh, More I do best the around the people. Or whatever. It's, uh, it's people that I'm connected with. Hmm. Well, is there a place we can rent a car, maybe? There is in Helena, yes. Uh, and so there is a, um, uh, a Ford sedan you guys are able to, uh, to rent. Perfect. Excellent. Let me go get my driver's license here. And uh, you guys are given uh, directions on where to go. Uh, so let me, let me pull something up here. Long, do you know what they, uh, what sort of provisions they have either for uh, food or accommodation at the observatory as it was planned. I wonder if we need to visit Garrison at all or conversely whether we should set up some provisions here to take with us. Well, my my thinking, Philip, uh, the reason why I I was looking for lodging in in Garrison was given the, the strangeness of the situation uh, especially after uh, the actions uh, that uh, Silas engaged in. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about any uh, anybody else's involvement, so was a little wary with staying with them directly. Mm. So I, from that standpoint, if we have to stay with them, I don't mind us bringing our own provisions even if we just have them in the car. Mm, yes. Something that's salted, something that will last. Yeah, like some jerky. And... So the uh, the map here, uh, you guys, the passenger train does come through Helena. Uh, the train routes that you see here, these are freight trains. 
Um, these are freight routes, so you guys are not going to be able to use those. But you have pulled into Helena. And you are heading for Garrison. Excellent. That's uh, less than 50 miles as the crow flies, but probably in mountain roads, a good 50 miles. Yeah. And a wood-sided Ford truck is going to take two, two and a half hours, depending on how heavily it's laden. It's going to be very uncomfortable. That won't be that long, though. It'll be fine. I. It'll be a fine journey. It'll... Most of it won't even be a paved road. There'll Probably. be ruts and bouncing. Well, well we can hours. talk about what the road will be like, or we can drive on it. Yeah, we let's hope. go. Plus, me and Cornelius have had rougher journeys before, so. Oh yeah, the trenches aren't that comfortable. Mm. No, so the local grocery store pick pack up some uh, some uh, food that can last a while and maybe be on our way. Tally ho! Tally ho! All right. Um, so you guys make the uh, the drive, and it does take a couple of hours mm-hmm. um, through uh, slow, narrow lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, tr- you know, switchbacks and cutbacks as you guys are winding your way up into uh, higher elevations um and you finally see a a small sign for uh welcoming you to uh, garrison montana and um uh there's just a lot of uh small uh private homes that they look really like shacks uh but on the main strip um, on the main road that just basically goes breezing straight through uh, Garrison, uh, there is a uh, a building there, a large building, uh, large-ish, uh, that states that it's a uh, a mercantile and post office. We can um, certainly uh, ask. We mentioned at the post office that we're headed up to the observatory and ask if they're having any deliveries waiting, which will give us a sense of the activity. Can I ask if there's a place to stay. Do you have a place to stay for us, Frederick? Well, I hope to God that the observatory does because uh, I called, I called ahead, and they're all they don't have anywhere to stay. It's all. All their places are currently being rented out to ranch hands. Uh, or so I was told. So we're going on the long shot that the observatory will have a place for us. Well, they're... We built the observatory, DC, after so. all. It's, it's a, a Tuesday point. night club observatory. And we're members of it, so... Well, they, mean, might let, they might let you, but... The organization spaced out east, so I'm sure there'd be somewhere for people uh, travelers to stay remember it's the observatory people sleep during the day there's no point in using the observatory at night i mean in the daytime oh look at you you're right on your way to becoming an astronomer yourself (laughs) all the more reason to have dormitories of course if it's out of the way plus people are up at night me and zeno aren't members of your fancy club 
Well, neither is, well. Myron Dexter is and Philip Baxter was. So I'm really two members, Frederick. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't know Myron was. In good standing. Well, let's find out. Better that we find out early than we find out late. Yes. Worst comes to worst, we can always drive back and it's, it's or we could sleep out under the stars and yeah, hopefully Zena, a bear won't eat us. Me and Zena could cuddle up in the wilderness. So while we're here, I wonder if somebody will sell us a tent. Yeah, maybe two. Might be good. Yeah, pro probably two. I don't think yeah. I could. So are, are there tents, sleeping bags and such? So you guys pull into the mercantile? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's pretty much anything that you could, uh, within reason, think about. This is this building um, uh, really kind of serves almost three purposes. It's uh, part grocery store, it's part hardware store, and it's a post office, part post office. Um, and the entire building is uh owned and run by uh hank buffington I'll, I'll i'll go inside and if i see him i'll i'll introduce myself oh yeah hank, hank uh, buffington. okay uh, yeah mr buffington i presume and uh he's got a cowboy hat on he's pretty tall uh and he says uh well welcome to garrison uh i i'm dr long uh, we spoke over the phone a couple of days ah. ago Yes, yes. Pleased to make your acquaintance. And he, he sticks out this giant ham hock of a hand. Oh. It envelops yours as he grips it and shakes. Oh, he says, just uh, stopping by before we head up to the observatory. Uh, some of uh, some of my friends here were curious about uh, camping out, out in the mountains uh, while we're there. <laughs> Do you have any... Uh, anything for that oh, absolutely and and you're here right on time um i believe hold on edith edith uh miss thomas is here uh, picking up some supplies in fact and uh a young woman approaches yes what is it what this is dr long he's uh he's from that uh He's here for that fancy observatory you work at. Oh, we, we spoke on the phone. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, doc, yeah. yep, Dr. Long, Muscatonic University and Tuesday Night Academy member. Pleased nice to, meet to meet you. you. Yes, nice to meet you. Uh, these are my associates, uh, Cornelius Cuthbert, uh, Myron Pleasure. Dexter, Zeno Saladin, <laughs> and Zebedee Cordova. Philip Baxter, nice. actually. Oh, uh, pleasure nice to, to meet, meet you. All of you. Yes, nice to meet all of you. Very nice to meet you. We were looking at uh, at uh, some tents and uh, sleeping bags. If there weren't any accommodations, we were hoping, uh, would you know of accommodations uh, up in the vicinity of the observatory? Uh, the observatory itself has some accommodations. I'm not sure how many are available at this time, but for sure it, it does have accommodations. Yes, so um, Edith, you're aware that there is a, uh, a separate home, a separate building um, where uh, you and Dimitri and uh, uh, Vasily each have a bedroom. Uh, 
There's one other room that uh, Dimitri uses as an office. And then there's just a common room, which is a, a combination kitchenette and living room. Um, there is a, uh, there's stables up there. Uh, there's a, there's a shed. There's plenty of, of open grass area out there that somebody could pitch a tent or, you know, folks could, uh, you know, sleep in chairs in the living room or bundle up, you know, or bunk up and, 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 you know, pair up in some of the different rooms and stuff. But, uh, as it stands right now, it's plenty comfortable for the, for you and Dimitri and Vasile, but, uh, with five others, uh, coming to, uh, stay <laughs> as house guests, it'll get a little cramped, but, uh, uh, tents may not be a bad idea. Well, sleeping bags, we could just sleep on the floor. There's that too. Uh, how, uh, many, how many are in the stables and how much room is there available? Um, even with a tent and in May at this elevation, I'm sure the nights are rather uncomfortable. And wet, possibly. We could set up the tents in the stables. If there's not if the stables aren't occupied entirely by what sort of animals would you have uh, there's just a single mule right now so there's probably room and amp ample room in hay uh, you know tents sleeping bags i would think that it, do we know their further plans for accommodations for visiting the scholars Not at this time. Not that you're aware of. I'm curious. Uh, Ms. Thomas, how long have you been uh, established at the facility? Oh, not very long. In fact, I'm just temporary work at the moment, uh, hoping to gain longer form employment. But uh, so no, not very long. But it's been... Um, Comfortable for you so far? Oh, yes. It's very accommodating. It's a lovely observatory. Well, if we can help you gather what things you're, you're getting, uh, oh, we'll certainly yeah, help thank you, you carry those. Thank you very much. Um, I think that I'll get a nice uh, sleeping bag. We'll find a place on the floor somewhere. Okay. That is totally uh, doable. Anybody, anybody other, any other camping equipment or whatnot you guys want to get? Well, I assume we could use a few more kerosene lanterns, lanterns that are present if some of us will be sleeping more or less rough. And some extra food, because obviously we're going to be imposing. Is there a, a there's not a stove in the stable, I assume, a wood stove. You know, we might want to. Um... We can come inside to eat. Yeah, but uh, building a fire for in the evening outside the stable might help us make the transition. I, how cold is is it freezing still at night here? In the mountains, um, probably. Yeah. I'll uh, look through the store and see if there's some wine at all. I love to pick up like a couple bottles of nice wine as sort of thank you, you know, for inconveniencing them. Uh, Cornelius, you can give me a luck roll. Please not. They don't have a hotel while they have one. 
Really? Oh wow. Find some uh, really nice. Yeah, there's there's nothing out, but uh, when you mention uh, what you're interested in, uh, Hank uh, takes a moment to kind of uh, assess, and then he kind of he silently nods to himself and he, he says, "Yeah, yeah go, go ahead and follow me." And uh, he takes you back to his office, and uh, there he's able to he pulls out and he says, "I do have a couple bottles of whiskey, and I do have this uh, red wine." Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I, I, I'll, one bottle of the whiskey and the red wine, if that would be. All right. right. He sell those. He, he will sell those to you. Thank you. It's a pity, uh, given that we're being hosted, as it were, by Russians, that it's not vodka. I would think. <laughs> well, you oh. can only run so much stuff down from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> He oh, might have a whole supply of vodka. Here. Yeah, we'll just keep this on the on the down low. I'm not a federal agent, really. But uh, I am. Uh oh, <laughs> the untouchable. Um, uh, Ms. Thomas, have you uh, checked the post office area for anything for the observatory? Oh no, I haven't made my way there yet. Uh, do you ever receive anything except from us? No. Yeah, can't help to look. And that's Mr. Buffington too, I, I assume, is the postmaster. He runs Buffing. the whole shebang here. And uh, you must be worn, worn out all day, Mr. Buffington, uh, keeping on top of all of all of this, you must be very busy around these pubs. <laughs> yeah, stay busy enough, that's for sure. Idle hands, you know what they say. Mm, yes, indeed. Don't you get any help at all? Any of the local teams or anything? Do any odd jobs for you? Oh. My kids used to work here and help out, but they uh, they had no desire to stay in garrison. Eh, the town's quiet enough. I can handle it pretty much. It doesn't seem to take too much out of me. Hmm. What uh, What's the town like? Is it a, I've never been here before, so you probably have the most expertise in what town's like. Oh, what's to say? It's a, a lot of ranches, a lot of lumber industry out here. Just a, a lot of good, hardworking, God-fearing people. Hmm. Well, uh, I know Miss Thomas is here, but uh, what do you think of the observatory here? Observatory. Well, I'll tell you, the uh, folks were a little little skeptic uh, about uh uh these uh these russians coming in here we thought they they might have been uh you know spies or something but uh they soon uh they soon seem to settle in pretty well and uh, yeah folks are are they find that they're you know pretty friendly and uh, obviously, yourself included, Miss Thomas. 
It's it's good to know. It's good to know that you've accepted. Most of you accepted the observatory, and that's good because some bigger constructions tend to annoy some people. So, ah, no, nah, the the uh, the the when they were building that observatory, yeah, there was a lot of vehicles coming through here. That was probably the most. Uh, most excitement we'd seen in this in these parts for oh quite some time quite some time but uh yeah it's starting to settle down heck the only the only thing we see uh the only excitement around here nowadays is uh, the occasional ghost story ghost story oh well, you talk to enough folks and they'll they'll tell you that they've uh they've seen or heard about and seen uh um old father old father joseph uh hmm. Ch- or chief joseph it's the old chief joseph's uh, ghost walking these uh, hills it's uh just a crazy old tale zeno oh. are you hearing this there are ghost stories everywhere hey who 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 is this uh, i like local legends who is this joseph man or whatever Oh, the uh, the Indian tribes, the local natives, when they were being uh, driven out, when uh, when the white man was was coming in, uh, some say that that uh, Chief Joseph was was leading his people north, and that he uh, he would stay behind to help guide uh, those who were falling behind. But uh, well, there was a as the tale has it, there was an unfortunate. Uh, battle and and now his his ghost walks these hills mm. still trying to guide those uh wayward souls that are still trying to make their way north but using my geez. history knowledge would i know anything about that i was just thoughts? going to say it sounds a little familiar chief joseph is this the uh Neperse tribe the nespers uh yes yeah, they were they were told that they could all emigrate north, and then ultimately, I think they all got slaughtered. So yeah, people people say that they uh, that they see uh, uh, Chief uh, Joseph's ghost walking around in the woods. Hmm. Have you have you seen or heard of him, uh, uh, Missy uh, Thomas? No, for goodness sake, I don't buy into children's stories told around a campfire. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's usually what they're for. They're to keep children from wandering off into the woods. I I agree. I agree with you, Miss Thomas, because (laughs) when a lot of, as I've I've seen in my years of teaching anyway, a lot of uh, folktales with dead native chiefs or whatever, uh, tends to just be over-exaggerations of past monstrosities caused by us rather than our own guilt, should I say. They do make for great stories, great books. Seems most likely that uh, you'd find all kinds of stories made up by people to keep children from going off into the woods. Yes. As you, as you guys are in the... Uh the mercantile and having this conversation um you hear the uh the sound of like a an electronic uh squelch 
and uh, so it kind of you know has that like a radio like a radio and then uh, finally the kind of the interference cuts through and uh, and you hear a tinny voice uh, calling out and saying uh, 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 Garrison Garrison Mercantile Garrison Mercantile come in and uh, and so then uh, Hank says uh, oh excuse me for a moment and he goes over there and he picks up this uh you know hand mic and keys it and says uh garrison mercantile and uh edith you recognize uh even distorted as it is you recognize uh dimitri or vasily's voice as he says uh just wanted to uh uh check and see if edith is still there and ask her to uh we wanted to add on a uh uh two pounds of bacon to the uh to the to the uh to the list we we forgot to add that before she left as you're okay. you're here picking up some some mm -hmm, supplies sure. and stuff hank would you tell him that the visitors i told him about have arrived oh certainly miss and uh, so hank keys the mic and he he tells uh Vasily that uh, you guys are here oh well Make it make it three pounds of bacon then. We'll we'll bring extra supplies, Miss uh, Thomas. Thank you. Is it Miss Thomas or Mrs. Thomas? Miss. Very good. And then uh, you know Hank says, "Okay, uh, uh, mercantile out." And the mic, you know, the radio squelches again. And then he he puts the uh, hand mic away. So, Miss Thomas, how did you get here? Do you have a car, a vehicle? She does. She has a Dodge truck, four-wheel drive truck. Hmm. And we came up here in a, in a car too as well, right? You came up here a in a Ford sedan. sedan. Oh, good. Well, if you don't mind, perhaps we can split our party up a bit. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's perfectly fine, I'm sure. You were all quite cramped in your vehicle, all of you together. So I've been riding in the back of that truck for two and a half hours. My ass is killing me. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> My behind is killing me. Uh, though, while you do bring that up about the vehicle, uh, Hank, uh, you kind of kind of see that he his eyebrow raises, and uh, and he says, "You you came up here and what? That." <laughs> and he looks out the window and he sees your car and he he chuckles he says <laughs> oh you're not going to make it to the observatory in that the roads are not as uh nicely paved as they are here and these roads are barely qualified as paved um it's just ruts well, far be it from me to say I told you so, but I told Whom you, did you so. Tell? <laughs> Who did I you said tell? it was going to be very bad roads once oh. we get up here. Hank says, well, I have a couple of horses. I also have a stable out back. I've got a couple of horses I could uh, uh, lease out to you. If, if you're interested in that, if anyone, if anyone can ride... Well, if I knew the or, first thing about riding a horse, that would be interesting. But yes, I'm afraid I do not. <laughs> Never ridden a horse. Uh, of course, you could just pile into the uh, into the 
pickup into the bed the back end of the pickup truck. How long how long of a drive is it to the observatory? It's probably about an hour, hour and a half. Ah. <laughs> I'll go gently over the potholes. Uh, be Perhaps for all should. of us and the groceries. We might possibly want to lay in some more blankets and other cushioning materials. It's probably quite chill in the back of a moving vehicle, even when moving slowly. Who got to ride up in the front the last time? I'll be in the back. I'm fine with that either way. Well, I'll, I'll ride up front. For you. There's the, 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 car, the car can't go like halfway, can it? Or is it? does it get pretty bad immediately out of it'll here? Get, it'll get stranded. Yeah, it's it won't take long uh, before oh. that uh, for the wheels won't have any traction. Got it. I was just wondering, like, if we could go halfway, then park the car, and then you know, okay, all right. So yeah, we all need to be in the truck. It, it is what it is. Yeah, no worries. Uh, inflexible. It's not much different than the troop lorries just a few years back. Zev and I were in. Yes. <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be fine if the war prepared us for one thing. It was things like this. Beats marching. Indeed. Right. So, um, I'll uh, let you guys take a look at this. This kind of gives you an idea of uh, what you're driving up into. Um, so you're heading up into even more steep mountain and forested areas as you're heading north out of Garrison. Um, and uh, Miss Thomas, the uh, on the map here, the number one labeled simply as ranch. That is the ranch owned by uh, Sylvia England. And the number two is the observatory. So you, you have to drive uh, past the, uh, the ranch property, although you don't actually see the house per se. Right. You, just, you just realize now I'm in the, in the zone of that ranch. Um, and then you turn off, there's a, there's a, a rutted road, you know, just two ruts. Uh, and one peels off to the right and that heads up uh, to the observatory and then one peels off to the left once you get past the ranch and that one uh, heads up to the uh, fire tower that you can you know you can see it clearly mm -hmm. as you're coming up into the uh, into this area because uh, the fire tower is on you know it's probably four stories tall uh, on on uh, you know, scaffolding. Uh, but there you are. So you're mm -hmm. driving. Up. Right. Um, and like conversationally to Dr. Long, who's in the vehicle with me, um, as we pass the ranch, I'll just gesture and be like, it's my mother's ranch. Oh, so you've, uh, 
So you've just lived in this area your your whole life? Well, no, my mother grew up here and then returned uh, here once she and my father uh, divorced. Um, I grew up in Houston. Uh, Houston, is that where you went to school? Uh, no, I went to MIT. MIT. And now you're back. And now yeah, here right I am. Back. You're here <laughs> in the middle of nowhere at an yes. observatory, which you know, there are worse places to be. I'm quite fond of observatories myself. Me too. Have any interest in the astronomy side of what's going on or just the just the mechanics? Um, you know, I, I came here uh, for the mechanics. That, that was really my interest and I had no concern for astronomy or the stars. I all thought it was a little, like I, I appreciate the science of it, but um, I, I, I'm more down to earth, I suppose. Um, but as I've uh, worked here over the last couple of months, I've really grown to appreciate it. It's, it's beautiful, especially at night, you can see all the stars and it's a lovely view. Well, where else are you going to get to work in a building that itself has a huge mechanism that allows it to rotate and keep uh, mechanical time with the stars? I mean, it's like living in a gigantic clock. Exactly. Just be, be mindful of that, of that Zeno fellow. <laughs> he might try to peddle you something, offer to read your horoscope, maybe. I don't he think she like has to peddle the building. <laughs> he did seem like he had an odd manner about him. I'm sitting right here. You're sitting in the back. No, I wanted to work. The three of us are sitting in the front. That's why we're all silent. <laughs> Frederick always talks about me right in front of me. Yeah, Frederick does not care. Frederick is a very good astronomer. And you, Dr. Saladin, are you an astronomer uh, as well? Doctor is an interesting title. I am more well-rounded. Oh? In my knowledge of He He esoteric. used to work at Miskatonic until they, uh, they let him go. They didn't quite understand my theories. Theories? Uh, one must mix science and philosophy sometimes, and they didn't care for that too much. Also, I touched a little bit too much on some of the subjects they considered forbidden. I don't believe there should be forbidden subjects. We'll talk. We'll talk sometime. That sounds excellent. Cuthbert. 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 Baxter? Zep. Zep. Um, did, no, no, I must, I, I think it was the time and I must be imagining things, but I swear I saw something in the woods over there. But what, like, like what, like a, like a deer or, or a bear? A, a large shadow. It, it was, I know, I know. It must be the new glasses I've gotten. Distress of everything. And it was the, nothing like anything we saw in Cled, was it? I trust. I hope not, but I think it's. It might just be me play, my mind playing tricks. 
I'll look in the direction and scan in that area as best yes. I can. If, yes, if you can tell us where to look. Uh, I, I point in the direction of where I saw, where I thought I saw the shadow. Yeah, so this area, you know, uh, because it is, um, there's a lot of ranch land here, um, the woods aren't quite as thick right here. So you do have some pretty good visibility, you know, at least almost 100 yards of visibility before the tree line starts, mm -hmm. you know, really thick is about 100 yards away. Zebedee is pointing in a certain direction, um, but all you guys see is just just trees. Hmm. As I said, I've, I think my mind's playing tricks on me. I need to I need to lie down, I think. We were Something. attacked by a tree, so... Yeah, you nice. can't hear us, Mr. Front Guy. <laughs> Who are I'm... you talking to? <laughs> you see what I mean, Edith? He's got a couple of I have a cute earring. He, he can speak... He speaks to me in my mind. It's how he cures me. Maybe the, the little window in the back is... Uh, <laughs> no, uh... I mean, you're still adjusting to those... Um, very specific uh, glasses. Perhaps, you know, when some, there's a, in the gap between the two lenses, but we'll keep an eye on. And, um, I, even the elk here, I think, are vast. Aren't there elk here? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I, and moose. Good and size bear. animals. Yeah. I, I think Long might be right, and I should, as much as Zeno does help me, I think when we're back, when, when we're back in Providence, I may need to go see someone more qualified. And yeah, we'll, we'll get you mind. some help. We'll get you a good, good long rest, Zeb. We need need you at a hundred percent. You're you're just tired, and you've gone through a the, lot. The difficulty, of course, I would, I think, generally presume to agree with Doctor Long, but the fact is that you have had experiences recently that any rational psychiatrist would consider a part of a disease, but we know to be, uh, in fact, lived experience, which makes yes. it for a very, makes for a very peculiar therapeutic circumstance. Yeah, which you might be better I... off speaking to a shaman, but one you don't already know. No, that's, well, I have Zeno. I, I have weekly appointments with him. I'm thinking of doubling them up, but. Right. I'm thinking of a shamanistic second opinion, if you will. Yes, like yes, I how, how much is Dr. Saladin charging you for these weekly? Oh, uh, a, fair, a fair amount. You don't, you don't need to. We don't need to go into that, Cornelius. Uh, just just you, be careful. You, you know I, I spend my money well. You know I'm cautious. Remember, you've got a family to support. Yes, and it... it <laughs> I support them. Okay. I, I'm gonna attempt to try and rest after that. Like I know it's gonna be a bumpy ride, but Zebedee's okay. just worn out and confused, frustrated. Eventually, uh, you guys start to see uh, this white domed building uh, just over the treetops, and then as the as uh, Edith's truck starts to pull around, 
uh, you guys come into the uh, property of the observatory proper. And uh, just give you a quick uh, look here at what uh, what you kind of see. House is uh, is kind of an exaggeration. It's more of a glorified shack. Um, there's a stable not too far away, um, a generator. Um, part of the supplies that uh, Edith just brought is uh, uh, several more five-gallon uh, cans of fuel for the uh, for the generator. And uh, yeah, so you've got several outbuildings and uh, the observatory itself. Not pictured is uh, the outhouse, but that's not necessary. So no indoor plumbing in, in any of the buildings here. Is there a, a pump well? Where does the, or do yes. we? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, pump well uh, inside the uh, kitchenette of the house. Oh. That observatory looks incredible. I cannot it, wait to go inside. Yeah, it does look really, really nice. The um, uh, it is about midday, um, and so um, uh, being Wednesday, um, the uh, uh, the observatory crew. Um, is up uh, because they typically uh, also uh, work more on the uh, the weekend. So they typically work like Thursday through Sunday. And uh, so their sleeping patterns fluctuate. Um, so they can kind of do any kind of uh, supply runs and business things Monday through Wednesday and then work Thursday through Sunday in the evenings. Where are we in the lunar cycle? Are we approaching a new moon? Um, you know what? I don't know. Uh, if you would like it to be a new moon, it can be. Darker is better. Full moon's getting away. Yep. So it is going to be a new moon. One. Um, long. Now, I assume we're all like, you know, we're unloading stuff and carrying it to the supply shed and the house and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to approach long and, and you know, I, I'm not, I must admit, I'm not much, uh, I don't have much of a head for numbers. This place seems primitive, except for the observatory itself. Given what we know about what the club has spent on this place, does it look up and up? I mean, just the lenses for the telescope are exorbitant. <laughs> yeah, it's not an inexpensive enterprise to set up from scratch, certainly. So I'm, I'm sure these, sense of... these outbuildings, um, I mean, I'm surprised they had anything left over to build these. Hmm. They may not have. They may have built, them, built it with just whatever they could scrounge off the ranches. And also, some of the financing came from unknown sources. We're not really sure we don't have a full, we don't have how a full much scope money of... has been dumped into this. 
at least from from the Tuesday Night Academy's standpoint, from what they they invested in the property, I, I I'm just a little surprised that there are any other buildings here. Well, I, I my, it seems that you couldn't build the observatory without having some support structures. So, but I see it seems like value for money. Fair enough. Do you have a sense of what direction? from our terraquatic sphere, you would look to see the object that you saw while in Ulthar? Oh, yes. <laughs> yep, the, uh, so the stars, I mean, the stars in the dreamlands uh, to a certain extent are the same as the stars here. So there is a spot to look. I'm, I'm very curious that the telescope's already pointed in that direction, but we'll have to wait, find out. Miss Thomas, uh, have you heard uh, what the uh, other two people here, what they've been saying about what they're looking at? Any, any chatter you picked up from them so far? They, they seem to be quite excited about something. Yeah, but that's probably all astronomers looking at is the star. Like, oh my oh, God, look course. at that star. <laughs> what do you think we do all day? You're, you're so easily all night. pleased by the spirits of the sky. <laughs> Dancing sure, in their crystal sure. spheres. It just seemed interesting that some new discoveries were found and then, and then uh, mixed with our experiences from that god-awful place, speaking I, of the nemesis, I wonder if there's a... Uh, uh, again, we can... We, I, I we looked myself... That is what we want to look for. I looked yeah. myself when we were there, but I don't recall seeing much. I, were they near the Pleiades? Camelopardalus? The, the issue is, is it, is it moved? Not just in a straight line. Which is disturbing. So if they've been, I, I hope they've been, if they are looking at what we think they are, they should be tracking it. Perhaps they... Uh... I'm sure we're confusing Miss Thomas. I'd love to know more about what you're talking about. Sounds very interesting, though. We had a shared fantasy. A shared fantasy? It's, it's difficult to explain. We were it was drug-induced. Very well. Yes, we all take drugs. <laughs> this is I one see. of those explanations where you want to just hand him a shovel to keep digging his own hole. Digger. Deeper. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be much deeper if I told her what we really thought. <laughs> it's the uh, 1920s. So People experiment with drugs. There you go. That's right. So um, we didn't take any drugs. <laughs> well, it was a lie. <laughs> it was a lie so, to keep her from asking more questions. <laughs> as you guys uh, uh, continue to unload the uh, the truck, um, out from the house uh, come two gentlemen. Um, one is older, in uh, about his 60s. Um, he has an 
almost a regal air about him. And then there's a, another young man uh, who's in his thirties uh, who um, seems very uh, fit and spry um, and is uh, coming out to, to help unload as well. He'll, he'll, he'll like grab the, the cans of fuel, you know, because they're going to be pretty heavy, but he grabs one in each hand and it's like, yeah, I can take these to the, uh, to the generator shed. Uh, gentlemen, uh, it's good to meet you. Uh, I'm Dr. Long of Miskatonic University. We, we met Dimitri at the uh, funeral. No, Dimitri was, was not there. Dimitri mm -hmm. wasn't no. at the funeral? Oh, okay. Nope. nope. And, uh, so west. Yeah. But some There's of the Tuesday nighters have met them. I have to remember not to call them by their first names because while Philip might have, Myron would not have. So. True. Uh, so there's a round of introductions, and you uh, you meet uh, Dimitri and uh, Vasile, and uh, they they greet you warmly. We hear that you're doing uh, excellent work out here. <sighs> well. We try, we try. It is, it is very difficult work, but we 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 give it our 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 absolute best. The the uh, old college try, you say? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm quite familiar with the old college try. It's all yes, familiar yes. With. Would you like a tour? I would love to. Uh, oh, to, I would to love show a tour. You. Thank you. Please you talk of the academy. Yes, yes. Uh, just uh, leave your things. Uh, Vasile, please, if you would. He says, uh, yes, Dimitri, I, I will take care of it. And, uh, and so uh, Dimitri starts uh, heading towards the uh, uh, observatory. Uh, please, my friends, come, come. So does anybody follow Dimitri? Or oh, yeah. anybody um, I'm interested yeah, to do yeah, something yeah. else? We want a tour. Yeah. I'm definitely, you know, uh, going to take my satchel from my larger bag before Vasily puts our things away. Okay. For us, yeah, I've got I've, I've got some of Myron's diaries that I've been reading to try to figure out anything. Uh, one of us has the Book of Ibon. I'm certainly keeping my revolver, etc. Strange territory. Okay. Yeah. Similarly, keep my larger metallic items to myself. And and uh, and I'm glad you brought that up. We'll we'll circle back and do a little bit of uh, housekeeping as far as the uh, book of Ibon is concerned here before we close today's episode. Um, but uh, so uh, 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 Dimitri says, uh, Edith, please come. Uh, you will. You will need to explain some of the mechanics of the observatory itself. <laughs> it is not my realm I've, of knowledge. I, I think only in terms of the telescope, if you, if you will. But uh, please, please, my friends, would, uh, let me show you my pride and joy. And he leads you up to the uh, to the observatory, and it's a very nice, very you know, uh, uh, not. Uh, not enormous, but it's a it's a very uh, uh, handsome uh, building. Um, obviously, multiple stories. Um, there's a, there's even a cellar area dug into the uh, 
you know the footings are very strong this is a while not a very large building it's a very well built and sturdy uh sturdy building and uh inside uh you guys get a a quick tour of uh the different uh mechanical areas and um uh, the mechanics are uh, manual, so uh, through a uh, a complex series of of uh, uh, cog wheels and pulleys, uh, one person can operate um, a crank that will rotate the dome and open the doors. You know, uh, with you know very. Uh, minimal uh effort it it doesn't take too much effort to to do that it uh, but uh, this is something that uh, uh edith helps keep uh in operating order there is a radio station uh in the observatory the um one of the more complex elements that uh, both edith and uh, dimitri uh maintain is the telescope is uh, engineered to take uh, photographs. Uh, there's also a dark room in the basement of the, or in the cellar area of the observatory. Uh, and so, yeah, and there's, a, there's like a small uh, library with uh, uh, observ uh, observatory and, and uh, different astronomy uh, books in the uh, library. And then, of course, you get into the telescope room itself. And the telescope is, um, you know, 25 feet long. And it has uh, multiple uh, lenses and, and, and mirrors. And, I, you know, Dimitri talks about the different refraction rates. And there's a, there's a lens grinding room uh, nearby where he and Vasile uh, will... Uh, uh, try and polish and grind lenses for uh, new and different uh, depths of focus and, and tracking. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's quite pleased with, uh, with his facility. And it, and it shows in the way that he beams when he's uh, talking about it. I'd be fascinated to see some of the uh, photographs you've taken so far with this, this equipment. Oh, uh, yes, we're, we, uh, we're still uh, collecting data from those photographs, but uh, very interesting indeed. There's, there's, the heavens are, are, uh, are very exciting at this time of year. Very exciting indeed. Well, this is, the equipment you have here is, is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we are quite proud. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, not, not, it's not the largest, but it's, uh, it works very, very well for us. Very um, everyone, if you want, you may do a uh, spot hidden. Is that including myself, John? You may. I passed by three. I got two. Ooh, my. My 38 is a pass. 
Nothing fancy, but it works. Uh, Regular also, no fancy too. No fancy too. <laughs> uh, so you do find some of the photographs uh, on a uh, on a table nearby, and um, they. Uh, it seems that the uh, observatory has been photographing um, a comet. It, is this a new does, comet? Does comet or? look familiar to me at all? It does look familiar to you, Mr. Uh, Dr. Long. Uh, I say, this is a uh, this is quite the discovery you have on your hands. Oh yes, yes. We're we're a little a little perplexed by that. Uh, uh, it's possible that we may have. Uh, bad data or that the uh, lens may have had a um a flaw in it uh, our data seems to contradict itself it's uh, it's very unusual we're 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 still we're still uh, uh, analyzing now how long have you been uh, photographing this object uh for a little while now several weeks uh but uh it uh it has the the speeds are inconsistent when we measure it it our data it's very unusual uh, it, it almost seems as if it's turning but it's hard to say and also it's unusual if you see here on the photograph he starts pointing into two or three different little uh specks um uh, and he says uh, uh the uh, this comet also has uh, little bits and pieces that are uh, almost like leading uh, uh, chunks of, of debris. Um, oh, we have never observed a, 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 a comet like this before that had other smaller bits uh, ahead of it. it. Usually something like that might be more of a, of a trailing, but it's very unusual. But yes, as I said, the... If the if the data is to be uh, observed and as as factual, it's almost as if this is um, as if it's making course corrections and changing direction. But um, that that's absurd. It, it that's completely absurd. This so is, I I I've observed. I may have observed the same object uh, quite recently, with a telescope back east. I don't have any of the data I collected then with me, but um, I would love to take a look uh, through your instruments because um, you know this object is it it is definitely perplexing, a little uh, <laughs> a little bit of unease, I guess, with it. You know that little the strangeness of it, like yes, on the verge it, of something it, new. It is it it does it perplexes me and it, it tasks me it. I've I've actually he picks up the picture he, he turns over the picture and he says it's my nemesis if you will and and, <laughs> he, and on the back of it he's written the word nemesis with a question mark on it it says oh, it thwarts me and then he throws the the picture back well, I down. think that's an apt I think that's an apt name for it nemesis yes yeah, so I I would uh, greatly appreciate any uh uh, input uh, that you may have on it. 
help make sense of some of this data. Well, that will it's take very some, unusual. That will take some time, but that is why I came. So, yeah, I greatly appreciate that. And plus, we it's very these these bits and pieces that are surrounding it and 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 almost. Uh, leading it along it's very unusual in fact uh, there was a there was a meteor shower not long ago um, but I, I don't believe anything uh, fell locally but it's very I believe some of those uh, uh, the meteor shower may be connected to this as well it's very unusual oh really it's uh it's that close some well, of the leading chunks yes I, I I believe I have read that uh, it is in the it is in the nature of comets is it not to bring other debris uh yes, toward the surface? it's usually trailing behind uh, but this uh has more uh leading debris than uh than what has been previously observed in in other comets it's um which is what gives that characteristic uh, uh tail comet tail yet this while it still has a comet tail, it, it also has some uh, leading uh, debris. It's, it seems uh, unusual. Well, is there any danger? <sighs> none, none. Everything will be, there's no danger. Of course not. Could any of that cloud of attendant material have landed on the surface or was it all burnt up as is usual in the atmospheres. Well, there, there are uh, objects of certain sizes uh, can make it to the surface. Uh, it's not all that uncommon. So it's possible. Like this, how recent was this meteor shower? Mm, quite recent. But uh, I'm, I'm sure none of it fell to Earth. Uh, anyone who is present may make a uh, psychology roll. Ooh. A 33 is not good enough. Half. I mean, hard. Well, uh, I, I thought it was going to be a smaller number, but no, it's three zeros. So it's uh, not, good, not good on my... Me. Do I'm not sure. attack the Russians, Zeb. <laughs> I'm too preoccupied. Uh, so, uh, uh, and uh, Miss Thomas, how is... Your observation. I failed. Uh, so, Doctor Saladin, um, you're convinced that um, that while Dimitri may not be uh, intentionally lying, he certainly doesn't completely believe in his own statement of that none of the uh, debris fell to earth. So I can assume that he's trying to be reassuring as if we didn't know anything and that in fact, he might fear exactly what we said. Mm -hmm. Well, Dimitri. Uh, I, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if, if, if debris did reach the surface. We don't but, even know what the composition of a of a comet is. It's a huge fireball. That's what they thought in the 60s, in the 20s. <laughs> well, well, doctor. Bits of star stuff land. 
Do they not, Dr. Long? Yes, yes, they, they, they do from time to time. And in meteor showers, they do. Most of the, I mean, it's, it's the reason why you get all those streaks of, of light is, is small debris burning up in the atmosphere. But if it's large enough, it can survive uh, the burning and at least part of it uh, can, can reach the ground. I mean, they've, there have been numerous impacts uh, throughout Earth's history of, of mostly small debris. Um, anything too large would have been noticed uh, by observatories around, around the globe, but there could be small pieces from this recent meteor shower scattered about. Uh, just have to go looking. Yeah, so that's something for those of us who aren't stargazers to do while we're here. Mr. Yeah. Cuthbert, you were going to say? Oh, I was just going to ask uh, Dimitri or Edith uh, or Dr. Long, would this uh, telescope here or, or this uh, grand device, would uh, would it be able to be fitted with uh, lenses that could get us uh, a closer, a, a, a tighter uh, image of it? Or is this maxed out pretty much uh, for this piece of equipment right now? Oh, it may be possible to get a uh, a more uh, clear and and, and closer line. look, uh, but it, it would take some some honing of the of the lenses. That that would be fascinating, since this seems to be such an anomaly. Yes, yes, that is something we were we are endeavoring to do. It uh, takes great skill and practice. To, uh, Are to you that. sure that you say it's changed its direct its trajectory? And that's I'm I'm not sure. I I, I believe that there was a flaw in the lens, which was causing us to have improper data collected, because uh, certainly comets don't turn. Zeno, uh, 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 forgive my familiarity. Uh, isn't there a phenomenon that in, in astrology that astronomy has rejected some sort of zigging and zagging in the well, celestial spheres? They believed that the planets, planet that means wanderer, um, because when you observe them from Earth, it does seem to that they move forward and then they move backwards and then they move forward again. But other than that, I've never heard of anything changing trajectory in space. Unless it's some sort of alien life form that's uh, I mean, sailing, things, the, sailing the spheres. Things can change direction if forces act upon them. I mean, that, that's physics. That is true. Uh, if, if, this, if this object, this comet or whatever it is, has encountered a sufficient enough of a force... There, the origins of that force, though, is difficult to, to determine uh, what would exactly correct its course, but a strong enough. If, if, I'm trying to rack my brain about how much 1920s. Could a smaller if, comet if, from another trajectory uh, a, hit a, it from a, the a collision, but the, the odds of a collision occurring. It could also be a sharp turn. Perhaps there is. Uh, Perhaps the comet itself is slowly turning, and thus it's it's changing its direction because mm. of like a sail in the wind, or or like uh, 
like a jet well, something jet that's engine. so dense that it's warping the space tower and it's like a firework <laughs> you know uh, changing direction in the air i wonder you know i wonder if 1920s we knew that it was void out there if we thought air went up farther than it does well, I, I mean, I wondered about etheric currents, but I think that that was an abandoned theory scientifically, although I'm sure there are plenty of believers. In any case, it's very strange, unusual nemesis. Yeah, well, that's troubling in its own right. Indeed. Well, why don't we retire to the house and uh, and... Uh, have some some dinner. Excellent. Idea. We brought a lot of extra food. Fantastic. Yes. Oh, and the fine bottle of uh, of uh, whiskey and wine too. Ah. To celebrate this grand uh, uh, discovery. Well, we shall make the first toast to you, my good new friend. Come. Vasile is a is an excellent cook. I wonder how his biscuits are. How is his borscht? So you guys uh, return to the shack and uh, you guys can start making um, uh, sleeping arrangements while Vasile is uh, um, cooking over a, uh, a small fire in the kitchenette. Um, and uh, uh, Dimitri uh, says, uh, so the, as I was describing, it's a very simple, uh, almost like a salt box kind of uh, shack. There's a centralized front door. When you come in through that centralized front door, there's just a, you know, a, a single uh, great room, if you will, uh, with the living room right there at the front door and then the kitchenette at the back end of the house. Um, and then on Flanking on the left and the right are uh, two pairs of doors on left and two on the right. Um, and all four of those doors lead to small uh, enclosed rooms with no other exits, no nothing else. Uh, three of them are being used as uh, bedrooms. Uh, Dimitri is uh, on the right. Uh, Vasile is on the left at the back. Uh, Edith's is on the left up at the front. And on the right, up at the front, uh, Dimitri was using that as a small office. Um, so as you guys come in, uh, he says, oh, let me let me clear out the office. Uh, I've got paperwork and things in there. Let me uh, just uh, clear all that out for you. Um, and uh, some of you could uh, uh, have your sleeping bags and lay out in there or here in the living room or you know, wherever it is that you'd like to stretch out. But let, let me clear some of this out for you. And you can see he goes in there and uh, and start to, to kind of scoop up and, and clean up stuff. Is there a fireplace in the, in the great room? Uh, there is a, um, a pot belly stove oh, okay. uh, that will generate uh, quite a bit of heat to... Uh, to to warm up the place and, and also um Vasile is cooking on the top of that oh there's plenty of uh wood or kindling if not all mm -hmm. volunteer to go outside and gather stuff 
Okay. Yeah, sure. You can go outside and, and uh, maybe do some more wood cutting. There's a, there's a pile over there with a, an ax, you know, in the, in a log and you can, you know, split a few more logs. Certainly. I want to make a good impression. I'll go volunteer to, to okay. spend a half an hour and get some extra wood ready for everyone. Um, and, um, um, yeah, so uh, Dimitri has uh, has been uh, uh, rather hurriedly trying to clear out his uh, office, and he says, uh, "Gentlemen, uh, uh, please make yourselves at at home. Uh, make yourselves comfortable." I have Thank a you. sleeping Thank bag. Thank you very much. Lay out my sleeping bag. Okay. Um. Anybody who wants to kind of set up their their uh, sleeping arrangements in that room, who all is going to sleep in that room? I'll sleep there. I'm setting up in the stable. Stable. Yeah. I'll be in the inside. I'll be in the stable as well with Baxter. Stable. All right. So Zebedee and, and Baxter are in the stables. Zeno is in the study. Anybody else in the study? I'll, I'll, I do I'll, snore. <laughs> I'll go in the study for fear study. if Dr. Long goes in the study, one of them may not make it through the night. Okay, Long, where are you going to set up? Um, I'll set up in kind of that that main area, that that bigger room. Oh, just in the great room, like on a on a chair or something in the great room. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I wonder about whether somebody might be comfortable in the observatory itself. If, I mean, if that is an option, I would I would happily fall asleep, staying up very very late looking at all those photographs. Sure, Obs observatories could... are usually not heated. Yeah, it'd be but cold in there. Gonna, that's why gonna... that's why I wear the sweater all the time. <laughs> they <laughs> they can't really let the lenses frost over, can yeah, they? Yeah, but they have to open up the thing, so there's no point in yeah. heating it. It just gets freezes right, every time right all right yeah he does hit that sweater yeah just a thought um so cornelius and uh zeno as you guys are setting up uh your sleeping area in the study uh would each of you please make a spot hidden oh, Ooh, 18 that is at least a hard ah uh, i hard. got a 46 a regular um, so, uh, Dr. Saladin, mm -hmm. um, as you were setting up, uh, you're rolling out your cot, you know, cause there's still furniture in here, right? There's a bookcase and, no. um, uh, there's a small couch that, uh, was like pushed up against a wall to kind of clear, clear some of the floor space. Um, but as, uh, Dr. Saladin, as you're setting up, uh, your sleeping bag and stuff, you see some uh, yellowed papers uh, mm -hmm. that are kind of, uh, they seem to have fallen uh, and landed almost behind the bookcase that are kind of poking out a little bit. And as you pull them out, um, you can see that they are uh, some notes, handwritten notes uh, that are in German. 
you can tell from the from the language giant that it looks like it's in German. Uh, Cornelius, as you were setting up, um, you uh, kind of got down on the floor as you were setting up your uh, your sleeping bag, and out of the corner of your eye, uh, you see a small, uh, thin book um, under the couch that was pushed uh, against the wall. Huh. Um, Take a look. It, it seems to be in Latin. Do you speak oh. Latin? Yes, I do. The uh, the title of this Ooh. book the the cover of the book is just a plain brown cover, um, hand stitched binding. Uh, but when you open up the uh, the cover on the inside in Latin, you see a title that says uh, "De Vermis Mysterious." Oh, fascinating! Oh, Zeno, this looks right up your alley. And Zeno, do you know German? I don't. I mean, I can um, pronounce the letters, but I don't. Sure. Um, so with these observations, and uh, and you guys are just kind of setting up your, your sleeping areas mm -hmm. uh, as you're going to get ready for dinner, uh, why don't we uh, close this episode as we find uh, those items, and we'll return to those next time. But uh, before we completely close this episode, I wanted to circle back to the book Ibon because it stands to reason that uh, there was two days worth of reading available aboard the train on your way here. Did anyone make uh, take good advantage of that time to read? I, I forget about the book. What What language is it in? It's an English translation. Is it, it is. Okay. We got so. it. We got it from my Philip's brother. It's where the recipe for the sleep draft comes. That's right. It's, it's a little. It's 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 pretty deranging, and I think it was last in Myron's house with the drafts that we were also given by. The giant whom we now think of as Cranon. Um, well, Zebedee raised his hand. I, I also probably would be interested, so I probably spent some time with it. Yes. Zebedee yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've had a book club where every night we like pass it around. Yeah. And <laughs> we sit and read it to each other. <laughs> this really, does this sentence make any sense? It seems study, like he said study. the tree that is the life of the future of our minds egg turns over autumn. That that's just gibberish, right? Oh yeah, egg turns I, over I autumn. Yeah. I don't think that's egg. I think yeah. that it's ages perhaps. Omelets? Omelets over autumn. Yeah. Omelets. Um, <laughs> That makes even less sense. Well, omelets in autumn, yeah. It's a symbol of rebirth. Uh, one question, I think, is whether or not Philip knew that his brother had this text. 
or whether Philip got the recipe he used from this text. Like, I don't know what, I don't, yeah, that's a, that's one thing. By the way, we think you got your, 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 your formula wrong. Right. That's, yeah. I mean, we had to, we had a day to talk on the way to Ulthar and then most of the day on the way back to the forest. And then, so right. a lot of backstory that we've seen Philip would, would have asked for, for having a lot of memory lapses. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know whether I've read that or not, or even knew that my brother had it. And I really don't know whether to tell my brother whether it's me or not. Yeah, that's part of the uh, missing information. You don't know. So um, as far as it goes with Book of Ibon, it is a quite dense material. Um, so only one individual, if they're going to gain any information out of it, um, two days is uh, not nearly enough time. Um, you can see that you're going to need to spend um, a great deal more time reviewing and, 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 you know, reading and taking copious notes. And if you're, if you're going to get any kind of um, benefit out of reading the book of Ibon. So um, if Zebedee is currently taking on that task, um, we can assume that uh, he is going to spend uh, reasonable amounts of free time um, continuing on that task, but it yeah. is... He's already got something... maps, so he might yeah. as well. So why not? Um, so it's only something that one person can do at a time, uh, and it's going to take some time. So um, he's on the road. He's on the road to do that. So at this point, there have been no uh, benefits or penalties incurred uh, from reading. And I think with that, we can close today's episode. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Stuart Lively, Holly Buto, Josh Harwood, David Gastaway, and myself with John Hook as the Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members, you can set up a private game, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our game club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good game. Thank you.